Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Moore fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose and Bergeron scores. Patrice Hello Bruins fans and welcome back for episode 8 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Cam Neely edition. I'm your host Mark Allred and joining me every week is my co-host Derek Del Vecchio. Derek, what's up bud? How much? How you doing man? Good, good, good. Uh, I have to say much better after a big win last night. Um, Very true. They, Very true. they definitely came um, firing on all cylinders. Uh, uh, a veteran leadership that I believe uh, has been missing in the in the past um, week or two. Yeah. Um, but it looked good, and it looked and it feels good to to snap a um, a five game losing streak. Agreed. You know, I said going into this game that a leaders had to lead. And if you look at the first two goal scorers last night, Chara and Bergeron, and there you go. You know, the, the leadership definitely stepped up last night, and that's good. They're going to have to continue to do this. You know, with the 18 periods of hockey that we have left this season, you know, they're going to have to play every game, you know, and 60-minute uh, effort, like last night. They looked good, though. They definitely did. Well, with the uh, the win last night uh, brought the the Bruins' record to a 40-28-8 record. Uh, that's good for 88 points. Uh, third in the Atlantic Division. They are currently three points behind second place Tampa Bay and five points behind Atlantic Division leader and Florida Panthers. Um, even with the five games, that that you know the face plant that they did on the road and um, and the, the one home game against the Florida Panthers on Thursday night, um, it's really not looking that bad with seven to go. So you know, you know it's tough because. Could have made things a little bit easier on themselves by getting a couple of wins on that road trip. And unfortunately now, not only are we going to have to win some games, but we're going to have to get some help too. I agree. Uh, one thing that's uh, been really bothering me, um, and it, it, it's tough to say because it happens when they're winning and it, and you notice it more when they're losing, but... I, I really have to give some criticism to Claude Julian. I I I don't understand this guy. Um, why does he shorten his bench and and rely on the veterans all the friggin' time? I don't I don't understand his his mentality. I mean, he he blatantly sat Vetrano for a long period of time the other the other night in the third period, and he played all his vets. I don't. I don't get. How can you 
How you sit and shorten your bench like that with a kid that's got so much speed and energy? I I just don't understand it. See, in his defense, you you want to try and put guys out there that are going to be able to play on both sides of the puck in those situations. And I think right now, maybe it's the old school. I got to show tough love and make the kids earn it type of deal. Um, again, he's he's definitely an old school type of coach, and uh, you know you don't see that a lot anymore. Um, you know, it's a young man's game now, and you know there's a lot of younger coaches within the league. But um, yeah, sometimes he definitely he tries to play the fatherly role and have the kids kind of earn his trust. So, um, you know, sometimes, you know, if that's your principle, you live and you die by it. And, you know, at times he definitely uh, he can be stubborn. Oh, I, I, I completely agree. And the, another thing that, that uh, frustrates me is is seeing your leading – I believe Brad Marchand still the leading goal scorer on the team, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for pointing that out. But here's, here's another issue that I have is, why is your leading goal scorer on the second power play unit? I don't, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, yeah. I hate to sound like I'm, I'm bitchy about what's going on, but it's, it does, uh, he, sometimes he just doesn't make any sense. I, I believe he's a good coach. I'm not trashing him. I'm not, you know, saying that, you know, he should be fired or blah, blah, blah. But there's things that, I just don't understand about them. See, when it comes to the power play, that's pretty much Sacco's job. So right, um, but 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 leadership, but the leadership, right? You know what I mean? It starts with him. Great. You know, so so if Joe Sacco is not doing something that we all think should be done, right? Then you know Julian should step in and say, you know, blah blah blah. You know, we need to we need to revamp this this system. And you know, do things differently, but I just don't understand. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's it's definitely up for discussion. You know, there's times where you know the, the guy does have 34 goals, and you know what's great about Marshawn? I mean, last year he had what 20 something goals, zero power play goals. Most of them were either even strength or short-handed. So, um, and that was on yeah. a bad that was a bad power play last year. That was a that was a terrible power play last year was it was now this year it's a decent power play and you're not even putting your best players on the top unit right it's just <laughs> i know it's seriously i want i want to get a running start sometimes and jump out my office window <laughs> <laughs> but um you know moving on from the aggressive complaining about julian uh, it, last night's win was uh, again another it was just a, a statement win but you know, it was, it was. It's nice to see them, you know, get back on track. And they got a game coming up on Tuesday night against the New Jersey Devils at 7 p.m. Uh, to to finish off the the month of March, and, and hopefully that's another two points. It's 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 on the road. We've had road success in the past, not recently, but you know, hopefully it's uh, another two points. Well, New Jersey's a team that we match up well against. We've had success against them over the last couple of years. And, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, these seven games that are left, you know, you have to go out there and 
you know, try to get as many points as possible, you know. Um, again, you know, as a fan, you don't want to see your team back into the playoffs. And you kind of hope they can kind of get it together and hopefully start a run, you know. Um, sometimes teams will peak early. Sometimes teams peak late. Um, hopefully we'll get it going and can ride the momentum into the playoffs. Yeah, these um these wildcard teams in the East are are catching up. Uh, the the Islanders have eighty nine points, and the Philadelphia Flyers, who have been playing much better as of late, have eighty five. So, you know, it's still a tight Eastern Conference, no matter what. And Definitely. you know, if you win, you gain some. If you lose, I mean, you could drop a a, a, a lot of spots. Uh, but, you know, to me, I believe the, the last seven are all must-wins. Um, I have to agree. So, I'd like to say that, yes, I, I really want to see them do very good and, and get that playoff spot. Uh, how do you feel about, about that and um, anything that you've heard about uh, people talking well, I mean, there's a lot of people, obviously, after the collapse last year that are really nervous. Um, again, you know, they made life difficult on themselves. You know, if they would have taken four points out of all those games they lost, maybe three, they'd be in a better position right now. Now, you know, where everything is condensed, there's pretty much no room for error. I mean, they have to come out and play a full 60 every game here on out. And... uh you know, they made life difficult on themselves. That being said, there's still a veteran component on this team. There's still a core of this team that won a cup five years ago. I know that was a while. It's pretty much ancient. But still, you know, they have players on this team that know how to win. and know how to win in big games. So now, you know, it's uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. I mean... You know, that injury to Spooner last night, I hope that's minor. If that could really hurt us. Yeah, you know, I, I know Petrano could probably step in there and play third line. Still, you know, moving forward, you just have to hope that these guys don't get injured because, you know, the chemistry on this team, it's very, very uh, touchy. And the littlest thing obviously throws them off. I mean, look at the Krejci injury and how long it took them to get back up on their feet, you know, even with Krejci back for a little bit. I mean... Um, this team's got to stay healthy. The, uh, you know, confidence is, is tough to come by with a young team, and you know they're trying to put things together. So hopefully, uh, everybody will show up. No passengers, as Marshawn likes to say. No passengers. Right. No, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, and speaking of health, uh, I believe it was was it the Ranger game that that Rask started and couldn't finish because he was ill. I, I mean, that's another one that frustrates me, is the preparation for goal. I, I was a goaltender for 30-plus 30, 30 years. Never, never any pro. Um, just I played deck hockey, street hockey, and ice hockey. So, you know, the mental preparation and the physical preparation for to get a start is it's very important. So, you know... Rask goes in and starts the game but can't finish. What does that do to Gustafson? He's not ready. He clearly wasn't ready. Why start Rask if he's not 100%? Yeah. 
I, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that Gus is going to come in there and turn things around, and but he is obviously the healthier goaltender. You know, I mean, maybe it's the fact that Rask is a, a veteran and, you know, Adi could give it a go. And, and sometimes, you know, when you have a decent backup, it's probably better that you don't play. Um, they called Jeremy Smith into cover practice and, uh, you know, they should have just said heck with it and rested him. Any type of rest that Rask gets between now and the end of the season is a bonus. You know, it'll be more fresh. So, yeah, I kind of questioned that myself. I think it was more of Rask's competitiveness got the best of him and he wasn't ready. Hopefully uh, he'll learn from that and next time not ready to go, you know, sit at home. Right. You know, don't hurt the team. So, you know, he's a fiery competitor. That's just the way he is. But, uh, there comes a time when you get to be a veteran when you have to learn. You have to know your limitations and, you know, am I going to better the team or am I going to hurt the team by going out there? And obviously that game, that, that really hurt us. Yeah, well said. Um, speaking of Jeremy Smith, what a game last night at Providence Bruins. Uh, they beat the uh, the – the, a very good Wilkes Bear Scranton Penguin team, uh, five to nothing. His first shutout. Yeah, right yeah, his first shutout of the season. Um, and geez, I mean, he's been playing well since he came back uh, from being on loan to the Iowa Wild. Um, and he was not good in Iowa. He was not good at all. Um, and then came to the Bees and kind of you know rejuvenated his uh, his his the rest of his career uh and, and hopefully i don't know i'd like to see the guy stay but i i don't see him breaking the nhl roster anytime soon so he will probably be a free agent casualty at the end of the year and uh, the duties will be um, on the shoulders of uh malcolm subon when he comes back from his throat injury and uh the young zang mcintyre you know what, though? I mean, it wouldn't be so bad of a deal if they decided to keep Jeremy Smith another year and, you know, kind of flip a coin with either McIntyre or Subban. Which one are you going to keep? Which one are you going to go? The one that stays, you know, maybe Jeremy Smith can kind of play like a mentor role and help out, you know? Um has happened many times in this league, so... uh you know, again, I like him. I think he fits here. I think he likes playing for the Bruins organization. And uh, sometimes as a player, you know, if you get into a situation where you're comfortable, you thrive. Obviously, I think that's the case with him. I, the scenario I would, me personally, if I was the general manager, the scenario that I would have done was, and, and it's not a knock on anybody or anybody's talent, but for me, it's it's the progression of uh, development, and honestly, I would start. I would put McIntyre in the East Coast Hockey League with the Atlanta Gladiators, and and, and the demotion is not negative. It is game. It, he'll get time, right. and he'll play a majority of that season. And get better while, you know, like Jeremy Smith and Subban are up in Providence doing their thing. So, you, you know what I mean? And, and and believe it or not, there's a lot of people that are saying that, you know, 
starting your career in the East Coast Hockey League is not a bad idea. And we we talked about this uh, earlier this week uh, via text messages. Um, but I I heard a couple of players say that, um, and as you know, and, and and many others know that I listen to a bunch of podcasts from around the league. So I just happened to listen to a player that said that. I mean, it just I'm not sure who it was. So don't uh, you know? Don't quote me on it, but. Um, he was a a, a highly sought pros, prospect, and he was drafted. I, I want to say second round, but it, the team started him in the East Coast Hockey League because that organization believed that starting in a gritty league like the East would, you know, bring that part of the game into the into the uh, the young players' development, and I don't think that's a bad idea. And, and, and believe it or not, this season, I've heard more Bruins fans complain about, where's the physicality? It's, 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 it, is, it is being brought out of the game. You can absolutely see it. You can see the Bruins getting pushed around and so on. I, I understand that the times are changing in the National Hockey League. But you, sh- you should really get players that also know how to defend themselves and how to be a teammate, you know, a good teammate to others, you know what I mean? And not just be a... Yeah, exactly, you know what I mean? That guy, that guy's not going to put up 40, 50 goals, you know what I mean? He's going to get his 20, he's going to get his 20 assists, and you know what? He's going to get in your face. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad idea that... I mean, would I say Zach Sinishin would, would benefit greatly from a, a year in the East Coast League? Maybe. But it probably won't happen. But... A guy like, um, oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I just, I, I'd like to see them get a little more physical, and I think that that would be a good move to for younger players to come in, and, you know, step into the professional league by learning everything, and not just coming into the league and and playing and learning as you go. My question is this. No, again, I know I hate the flashback to that 2011 team, and you know people always roll their eyes when I bring it up. But at the same time, the core of the team that we have now, they were part of that team, and it's like, why can't use not use, but how do I say this? Um, Teach these young kids how to use that warrior mentality, that will to win. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to bust my ass and I'm going to play to win. You know, and, and then sometimes this team doesn't have that. Too bad. I mean, you back to 2011 in the playoffs. The kind of spot, um, it was one of the series that went to seven games and they were having an issue. And so Nye and uh, John Thornton decided that they were going to play film. Anyways, whatever they did... It brought the team closer together, and they never looked back. And that's what this team is missing. It's not the grit. It's not the fighting. It's just everything. They, they need that will to win. And you don't have to be a veteran player. Have Look at a kid like a Char. Now, this is a kid that has that little school mentality. His butt and, you know, play hard and finish his checks. We need that type of player. And, you know, um, 
just kind of hope that this veteran uh, core of this team can kind of, you know, help guide these younger players, teach them. I mean, you know, you need that. The will to win is so important. Agreed. I absolutely agree. And uh, we apologize for the um, for the uh, technical difficulties. Uh, it's something that we we're working hard on, um, but we, we will get it sooner or later. Um, but yeah, I, I have to agree with the you know Achari. I mean, that guy's got some. That guy got some heart, man. He really does. And uh, I like him. I like him on that fourth line. Um, but what I don't like is is players like uh, Jimmy Hayes. Uh, where where's that guy been? You know, and, and and a lot of people a lot of people do criticize him, but um, you know the the type of player he is is he's a big body player that gets in front of the you know the he, the net the net front presence is huge for him and that's his game. But I wish he'd just really would put put the puck in the net more. I don't know. I don't know. If, you know, I've seen him now for like seventy five games. And, uh, you know, there's just some guys that aren't very physical. These big guys like Blake Wheeler and, and others that, for some reason, they just don't fit in well here. And I think, unfortunately, for Jimmy Hayes, I think, you know, he's another one of those guys. And I, to be honest with you, I don't think he'll be back next year. I know uh, we have him under contract for a few years, but, you know, um, again, you want to it fits the system that they play within, and I'm just not sure that Jay's there. You know, a good player. I like him, and I think he'll score 20 goals on another team in this league. I just think that he's more the type of player that would try more north and south. Yeah. Uh, you know, better offensive team than what we have. We're more of a defense first and starting the off, you know, defensive zone, and a lot of our you know, uh, scoring chances and plays come from the defensive zone. Um, and that's something that uh, I'm not sure that, you know, makes him a good fit here. Yeah, I I, I look at Riley Smith's, uh, his year, uh, this year, and it's, it's it just blows my mind. Another, another, um, I, I don't know, very strange deal. You know, I mean, get rid of Savard's contract. Yeah, I understand that, but it's it's tough to give a uh, give away a player like and and you know I'll probably get criticized for you know pumping Riley Smith's tires, but you know he he didn't have a great year last year with the Bruins, um, and but this season with with a with a uh, a very skillful Florida Panthers team. You know he's showing what he can do. He's showing his full potential, and it's it's that's that's another area of of offense that the Bruins are that you know need. But believe it or not, I mean if you look at the stats and stats don't lie, but the Bruins are still one are in the top five in goal scoring. So you, you miss certain goals were clutch goals, right? That's what the down. But, you know, Riley Smith, that he had issues in the locker room here last year. Um, one thing that's good about the Bruins, they don't let a lot leak out of the room. Um, a lot of things are hush-hush. 
Um, and I, even some of the sports writers like Fluto and Hags and those guys, they don't really leak out a lot of info as far as issues within the room. It's almost like the boss media and the team have a agreement, maybe a hush-hush wink-wink type of deal where a lot of things don't get leaked until the end. With Hamilton, I don't think any of us knew how unhappy he was here as a player. Um, obviously, you know, once we traded him to Calgary, then you kind of could hear the whispers as far as, as you know, him and Riley Smith both alienating themselves and being distant in the locker room. And um, I think a lot of that had to do with it. Um, again, you know, sometimes almost like I, I wish they would kind of leak out just a little bit more. You know, if we had more room for interpretation, I think that would be a lot easier. Because sometimes it's like, wow, you know, what happened to that guy? Why didn't he make it here? You know? Well, the the, 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 the Dougie Hamilton thing was just, um, I, I, I'm trying to figure this. He wasn't happy because, and this is what I'm reading. I'm, I'm not, I don't know this for a fact, so, um, but... From what I read is Dougie Hamilton wasn't happy after a meeting with with the Bruins organization, the Bruins management, about them acquiring his brother Freddie. And and once once the the organization said we're not interested, I think that's when everything started falling apart for him. And you know, and the and the proofs in the pudding. I mean, look look at him. Look at what happened this year with Calgary. Calgary picked up Freddie Hamilton, and they 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 assisted. I mean, um, Dougie assisted on Freddie's goal last night for the Flames. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty sad when you know you have to go ask an organization to to go pick up a family member, and if you're not happy about it, you're gonna pout. You know what I mean? I mean, what kind of players? And I, I wasn't. I liked Hamilton. I liked his game. I thought he had some good upside to him. I thought he had a great potential for future years. But, you know, you come out of an ELC asking for a freaking $8 million? Give me a break. Get out of here. Yeah, that's a lot of that is patient, you know. Same age as Louis Erickson, you know. Right. The guy tries to get top dollar for his clients, but... uh you know, the only the, the one knock the one knock that I had on Hamilton and, and I really he was great offensively. I mean he could rush with the best of them, but in his own zone, you know, he'd he'd be like you know, get that chicken with his head cut off type of you know, like Barkowski, another one of my favorite Bruins. Um you know, just uh, again, you know, he was never able to develop that part of his game here and that's I went through, I did a post over on Facebook over the uh, week in one of my groups, actually all of my groups, and uh, one of the things that, you know, I said as far as criticism is, when is Doug Huda actually going to get any kind of criticism? I mean, other than McQuaid and Boychuk back in 2009, and we're not going to use Krug as an example because you knew what you had with him when he came out of college. When was the last time that he developed a good young defenseman? I can't recall. Now you, you you've been hitting on this for uh, a couple of weeks now 
and I've seen the post in in the uh, in one of our, our groups, and you know you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, the defensive struggles this year have been pitiful. You know, I mean, missing assignments, not getting you know players out in front of the crease. Uh, you know, a shitty defense it doesn't help, and your goaltending. You know, and this year's Bruins goaltending is it's it's good, but it's not great. It's not um, at a league elite level, in my opinion. Um, but no, I, I I completely agree with that. And I mean, last year I I wanted I would I wanted Joe Sacco. I mean, I wanted his head. Because, you know, just from his past experience with the Colorado Avalanche and, and how shitty their power play was. And then the Bruins, you know what I mean? Here's my point. Stop the home-bred bullshit. Stop bringing in people that are from here. You know, Joe Sacco was never a Bruin. Just because he's from the Massachusetts area or New England area doesn't mean he's a fit you know, I mean, that's that's I I don't understand that. But you know, this year the offense is better. It's it's definitely better than last year. Okay. So, I mean, is that is that something that he's doing? If it is, awesome. Thank you very much. But definitely w- wouldn't have been my choice for an assistant coach. And you know, back again. I know I've said this in previous podcasts. Sweeney was not my choice. I did not want a Bruin to be a manager. I wanted them to look outside the, 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 the window and see what else is out there that could possibly come in and train, change this team around, revamp the system possibly. But, you know, uh, that's what you get from where I sit. See, I think this is a matter, it's a matter of, um, they wanted to bring somebody in that kind of knows the fan base. You and I both know, and we deal with this every day, of how reactionary this fan base can be. And they can be very overreactionary at times. So I'm sure that they thought by bringing a guy in that kind of understands the fan base and understands, you know, how we view things that, you know, um, it would be easier to have a familiar face. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes it's it's tough when you try to bring a guy in out of the organization. I mean, look at Montreal, and they, you know? I mean, Bergevin is, is definitely, uh, man, I mean, he's going to be the last one to jump off the Titanic before that boat sinks, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, and, and, you know, I guess we will never know. Um, you know, hopefully Sweeney can, you know, continue to rebuild this team, and, you know, we'll have to see what happens. And I have to give him time. I definitely have to give him time. I can't. I can't just shit on him after after a rookie season as a general manager. You know, it's it's just not right. But you know, I I have to give him a you know a C plus, a B, for his uh, his effort and what he's done so far. But you know, there's always room for improvement. Um, you know, the ultimate goal is to make the playoffs this year. That was that was from day one. So, you know, if that happens, awesome. But well, you have to hope because you know you definitely don't want to repeat last year. You want to be able to finish strong, and you know whether it's a round or two, it's it's good for the kids, these kids that are on the team to 
kind of understand, you know, what playoff hockey is all about and the intensity. You know, it's very important. It really is. So speaking of the kids, um, with Ryan Spooner, uh, his injury is, uh, as of right now, it's it's unknown. I, I will look into it further after this podcast. But um, I, I, I have to make a strong case for Austin Zarnick to uh, potentially get a call up. He's been playing really good. He's got a uh, good uh, three-zone uh, game as a center. Uh, he he's complements the the other developmental players in the in Providence uh, well, and you know I, I'd like to see him get a call. But it's tough because they only have two more call ups that they could call up from Providence, and uh, you know with Providence having success this year, you know this, this team's going to go to the playoffs down there, and you know, right. kind of don't want to handcuff them in a way. I understand that and. Um, but the reason why I said Zarnik was is he won't be subjected to waivers. So um, even though you might you might be limited on how many call ups you have, um, like 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 Max Talbot. Max Talbot scored two goals last night, and uh, he played a really good game um, along with Seth Griffith uh, and other. I, We'll get that. We'll get to him in a second. But um, uh, Talbot, I forgot where I was going with this. But um, yeah, oh Talbot, if Talbot gets called up and he gets sent down again, he has to go through the waiver process again, and that would be for the third time. So, um, I mean, kind of. I like Max and everything. I like his leadership and so on, but he's, he's an old veteran, and I'd, he'd probably be a, an, a better asset on another team. But, you know, he's been playing well in Providence since he's been called up, uh, sent down. Yeah, I feel bad, too. I mean, the guy loves the game. It's, it's obvious. Um, it's just tough because now the way the game is transformed into a young player's game uh, – you know, these older players, they are being phased out, you know. And uh, I think he's going to be one of them. But, you know, he seems like a good guy, and, and, and I think he'd actually be a good coach when he hangs them up. So, sure. You know. Uh, Seth Griffith, uh, speaking to him, uh, he took a stick to the eye uh, a while. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how long ago it was, but he missed – he missed uh, a few games, um, uh, definitely most of this uh, seven-game road trip that they're currently on. Uh, and he returned Friday night against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, went scoreless, but last night's game, he uh, he really showed up in a big fashion, scoring two goals and, uh, I believe, two assists. Uh, another one that I'd like to see up sometime next year. He's a real good player, and and he's just he's just having a, a phenomenal season down in Providence. The twenty twenty some odd goals, but his assists are just he's he's such a valued player on the half wall. You know he he I like players like that. I mean, I was never a big Savard fan, but I liked the way they played. You know, uh, between the blue and and the goal line, and just you know they quarterbacked a a, a good power play from. 
those areas. I, I like the players like that. You know, I, I like Krejci. Krejci's not gonna, you know, Krejci's not gonna score forty goals like everybody wants him to. You know what I mean? He's he's paid to dish the puck. He, that's that's his game. I, I, the constant ripping on him is just annoying sometimes. But you know, yeah, I, you know, I hear that all the time too, and I always tell people, you know, that's fine. You want to rip on the guy, fine. If you really want to see what kind of player this guy is. Let's look up the 2011 Stanley Cup run and the 2013 run that we came up so short. This guy's an animal. I mean, when when the game is on the line, when when it's important for the team, this guy just takes over. Not just scoring goals, but just being a force and making things happen. And he is definitely, you know, when we get into the playoffs this year, I'm predicting it right now. I mean, he's going to be a catalyst. He's going to be a, a big-time player for us. And he always is. He turns into an animal in the playoffs. Yeah, that second season, he really shows up, and it's, it's always good to see when when games really count at, uh, in the postseason. But uh, you know, he's not the fir- he's not the first player, offensive player, to be streaky. I mean, you know, there's been plenty of those type of guys over the years, and you know, with him, you you know what you get. You gotta kind of take the good with the bad with Krejci, but. I love the guy. I've always been a huge fan of his, and I always will. Um, geez, I don't know what else to talk about. You got anything? You got anything on your mind that you've been reading at all this week? Um, you know, it's reading this week as far as well. I mean, you know, again, uh, I think a lot of people are nervous. I think the fan base is 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 nervous because of the collapse last year and missing the playoffs, but um. Again, I, I like this team. Um, they were hot for a while. They're very streaky. I mean, they've been streaky since day one. But, again, you know, uh, I really do hope they get into the playoffs. I think it will be really good for some of these young players. Um, and, you know, having guys there like Bergeron and, and Krejci and Chara and, and some of these other veterans, Heidenberg, it's, it's, it's a great thing for a young player when you get into the – know playoffs because it's a different game it things are more intense there's there's very little room for error and you know being able to go back to the bench after a shift and sit down next to a guy that has been there that understands what it takes to come up big in those situations but how you uh carry yourself i mean that's huge it really is big you know and that's why Yager down in Florida has been so good because, you know, these young players that they have, they, you know, just talk to Uncle Yarmir, you know. <laughs> and, right. uh, again, yeah, you know, I, I think it's great that, you know, we, we have a core that's that's been there. And I just – I'd like to see them try and do a little more as far as nurturing. And there's another thing when it comes to that, as, as far as um, what, what's killing us on defense, and one thing I don't want to see anymore is – if you're going to bring a kid onto the team and kind of get him into the lineup, please, please, please do not pair him with Tara. <laughs> because honestly, I mean, you've seen Tara, you know, play better when he had Lyles on his other, as his partner. And the thing is, is that, you know, with Chara, you, you know, you don't want him out there teaching, being a coach on the ice, trying to show a kid where he needs to be positioning wise and, and whatnot. 
and then still having to catch up to the play because obviously he's lost about three steps. I mean, he's really slow out there. Uh-huh. That's another thing. You know, if you're going to bring a kid in, play him with Seidenberg or play him with McQuaid or, or one of those guys. Um, that's that's one thing I don't want to see anymore. You know, again, he's, un- he's Uncle Sedano. I get it. But at the same time, you're hurting the team by doing that, and you know, it, it hasn't worked didn't work with Dougie last year and it hasn't worked with Trotman. I'm trying to think of some of the other kids he paired him up with. But uh Morrow. Morrow's been good. I liked him last night with Seidenberg. I thought he's he's really good on the second pairing. I actually I actually like the, the, the Chara Kevin Miller pairing. I mean um I I thought from what I saw Kevin Miller stepped up his game when he was paired with Chara. And when he was not paired with Chara, that's when the, the the boat was sinking with him. He just made so many mistakes. Like he, this is his first time playing, but uh, he's been he's been coming around lately. Well, I mean, again, you know, I think at some point in his career, he's going to end up being more of a third pairing McQuaid type. But um, again, he's he's got decent speed. Um. He doesn't really put a lot into the offensive part of his game, but when he does, I mean, he's he's pretty good offensively at times. Very underrated. So, yeah, maybe, you know, pairing him with Tara isn't the uh, worst thing. I definitely wouldn't want to see him and McQuaid out there together. That would be <laughs> that would be a train wreck. Would you, if, if you had the opportunity, would you resign Miller? Evan Miller? Uh... Oh, good question. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Let me let me let me put it this way. All right. Okay. Brandon Carlo is now with the Providence Bruins. Yes. He's been a healthy scratch. On Friday night and last night, his first professional game is supposed his debut is supposed to be this Friday in Portland, Maine. Okay. If he has a strong camp, if he does his rookie camps. And all his summer activities, and has a very, very good Bruins training camp, National Hockey League training camp. Yeah. Would you take away Miller, Miller's spot, and and slot Carlo in there? Because that's that's what I'm hearing might happen. Carlo is making a very, very uh, big case to make the team next year. And 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 before before I get some uh, words from you, uh, I've seen Carlo probably about uh, twenty games this season. I don't get the hype. He is a big guy. I understand that. We all we all have we have big defensemen on this team now that are currently underproducing. You know what? From the games I saw on the Tri City Americans of the Western Hockey League, uh, I mean he's good. I don't get the hype. Well, I don't think he's ready for the hype yet. I think that you you have to understand that the transman that is probably one of the most brutal learning curves for a young player, um, especially you know, on, uh, you know for a young kid coming up, you know, playing defense. Um, I don't want to see them rush him. I know that they think that he maybe they think that he'd be a good fit next September I don't know I mean unless it's lights out and you're you know in awe about his 
development camp and training camp. Um, I wouldn't rush the kid. I wouldn't rush any of these kids. I would just be smart as far as how you handle them. Mm-hmm. Allow them to develop. Don't rush their development because it doesn't do any good. Dougie Hamilton, he might have been better off going back to juniors for a couple of years and, and developing there. Obviously, he wasn't mature enough or ready enough when he got here. And, well, there we go. He's in Calgary. So... I, I don't know. I, I don't want to see them rush any of these kids. I think if, God forbid, if, you know, you get into September, we'll fly through September, and you're trying to build the defense for next year, and maybe you bridge a couple of guys and maybe, you know, 25, 26-year-old kids, they, they could come in here and help. But, um, again, I, I wouldn't rush the kid. If the kid isn't ready, then he's not ready. That's the same thing with David Pasternak for me. You know what I mean? I, I'm... I, Everybody hyped him up to be the next Wayne Gretzky of the Bruins. Right. And and look at his game. I'm not impressed. I mean, he's young. He's learning. I understand that. But his possession is awful. His giveaways, I mean, four, four giveaways in the, in the, uh, the game against uh, the Florida Panthers. It, it was awful. Yeah. You know, and, and if you want to shorten your bench, do it at a guy like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm sorry, but Frankie Vetrano doesn't deserve to be singled out because he's young and, 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 and Julian wants to play the veterans because he's always done that and he feels, you know, that's my security blanket, you know? Right. But, I mean, I think, I, I honestly think the Bruins rushed Pasternak. I think Pasternak would, would be a, a better deserving player, a uh, better um, complimentary complimentary player yeah. with another with a full season in Providence right but I, I mean things don't go my way all the time and I understand that but I mean it's it's I mean look at his game I mean the kids bouncing off of players when he goes in and hits he's you know don't see him back checking much I, I see him when he's out when he's off the park he's a floater but these are all things that are going to come into his game as he as he grows. And, I mean, the potential is there. You've seen the skill. You've seen his speed. It, it's there. But to, to get him to a complete game is going to take time. And I understand that. But that's also time that should have been, you know, t- taken advantage of in the American Hockey League. Agreed. And, you know, it's it's tough because, they, they're, you know, the, the way the league has transformed into, you know, a younger player's uh... – League, you know that you you want to try and catch fire with these entry level contracts, and unfortunately with with Bastinac, I mean we're in year two right now of ZLC, and he's been inconsistent, and now you know injured, whatever. But you know, you you put yourself in a pickle because if this kid comes out in September, you know, and plays well next year and and scores thirty five goals, well then you're screwed. He's going to want to raise. He's going to want to get paid. Oh, yeah, he is. And you know what I mean? I mean, so what do you do? Do you sit around here and say, well, I hope he has a crappy year and only scores 18 goals next year? Right. It's just, I don't know. I, I It's tough. And, you know, I feel bad for the kid because I know how badly he wants to be here. You know, I mean, the kid, you know, two years since September when he first came in, I mean, he hit his uh, – 
Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? His uh, his passport. He wouldn't have to go home. He wanted to stay. I mean, he forced the issue, and you know, sometimes, you know, I don't know. I, I just uh, it's tough. I feel bad for the kid. I, I really want to. I've, I've been very excited to see him on the team, and uh, obviously, I, he's not ready yet. And right. maybe, maybe next year, where he's you know a little bit older, maybe they do send him to Providence. Maybe he spends a year down there next year. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think they handle his entry level contract good at all. Torelli and Sweeney, I don't think either of them have. Right, and you don't definitely don't want to have a Dougie Hamilton situation with him. Yep. You know, if he comes out and plays well and he wants to get paid, and you know, I, I don't want to see the organization cycle through young talent like that ever again. You know, that's ridiculous, especially with all the stuff, uh, all the good players that are coming through the system. So. Yeah, and you know, these, these damn agents, they drive me crazy. I mean, they know the cap situation in the league. They understand that, you know, their client is going to cripple a team's salary structure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. It's almost too bad that they couldn't, in a way, kind of talk to their clients and try and, I don't know, I think there needs to be a market correction. I think this, you know... The salary cap's really killing the league right now. You know, I know the Canadian dollar and attendance in certain arenas are, are kind of affecting things as well. But, you know, that's that's one thing. I hope they figure out the salary cap. I really do. I think you can somehow, you know, some way, at some point, get up to around $80 million, I think that would be good for the league. Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Derek. Uh, it's been another good week. I think we should wrap it up. We're approaching uh, an hour, so um, we will definitely get together next week and, and uh, discuss some more everyone's hockey. That sounds great, man. Looking forward to it. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, the support is, uh, is overwhelming, and we really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you very much, and uh, take care, Derek. All right. You too, man. for tuning in to the black and gold hockey podcast please join us next week for another discussion of bruins hockey related material